Some of you walking in the room and you're like, wait a second, that ain't a church song. What, what, what's that song playing up there? That song should be a church song. Because I'll tell you what, whether it is our kids saying four-letter words uh, because we do, or praying because we do, the fact of the matter is they learn more from how we act than any lesson we ever try to teach them. You can spend all day long saying, you should do this or you should do that but it's our actions that they're constantly watching and learning from. And that's a very biblical concept. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Every one of us, we should be imitatable. Someone should be able to look at us and say, that's what Jesus looks like, and I want to do the same. So we are going to be spending some time this morning reviewing some of the things that happened this past week at Green Lake. We had a lot of fun. We did a lot of work. Honestly, we have this great mix of exhilaration and exhausted going through this morning. That's kind of fantastic. There is no more adrenaline to pull out. It's just kind of spent. But nonetheless, uh, we had a great time, great time working together. And a piece of what made the week really, really wonderful is uh, the youth band that we had along with us. They did a fantastic job, and they agreed to go ahead and lead us in worship this morning. So some of the songs may not be real familiar to you. You may not know the words but you'll know this part. You don't have to know the words to do this, okay? So Shelly will show you. She actually even gives you a little lead. to show. I know I'm an offbeater. I mean, if I have to find it, I'll offbeat every time, and so I usually watch for someone else, and I imitate them. So imitate Shelly, and you better get it right. See ya. Second service. Did y'all drink like monsters for breakfast? Good job. Have a seat. I mean, you made, you made the first service. Wow. Unreal. You found them. I saw even Kim Papp using her hands. It is a miracle. Holy cow. Wow. We are the church. We are the hope on earth. You know, we talk about our students sometimes. People say things like, oh, the students are the future of the church. No, they're the now of the church. They're right now. And if they're not the now of the church, they won't be the future of the church. So part of the reason we get this crew together to go to Green Lake to do some work is to teach them what it means to be the church on earth. Uh, this past week, there were all kinds of great things that we did together. Our four teachers that, that were part of the week are coming up right now. As I just run you through some of the things we did, this was the picture of us bright and clean and well-slept and smelling good. Before we left, on up to Green Lake, Wisconsin, four hours from here, it's a Christian uh, conference center actually run by one of the people, Ben Mott, who used to go to our church a while back. So it's a great opportunity for us to go be a part of that place, a, a great ministry, and at the same time to encourage him and the other leaders. It's a place that uh, the facility, a lot of the buildings are well over 100 years old, and so they need lots and lots and lots of TLC, and we're able to go provide that. One of the areas that we've been working on that I'm really thrilled with, there's a, there's a chapel that was an old root cellar 
back when this was a farm. Stone building, it's beautiful. They made it into a chapel, but one of the things they did well over 30 years ago is put, they put carpet in there, and this root cellar, the walls weep and the floor seeps. And so you can only imagine what that place smells like in the middle of August. So we got permission to take this place on as a church project. This is gonna, we're going to have this kind of going throughout the summer, having the chance to, to bring uh, life and love back to that space. And I love this. I was in charge of this little part, and we ripped that carpet off, and then you have all that glue, that mastic on the floor, and we're getting that off. We had kids on their hands and knees for three hours with wire brushes, just scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. And I got to tell you, I mean, they were all fantastic. I loved it, but... Miranda Gehrman, okay, this, this chick's a stud. I mean, she's down there, she's scrubbing, she's right next to Jessica Beaker, she's scrubbing away too. And uh, Here's what I have to say about Miranda in particular. You need work done around the house. You need a tree taken down. You need a sidewalk broken out. Call Miranda. 555-1212. She will be there. She can work. She's amazing. And she's just an example of all the hard work that was done all week long. I know one of the thing, a lot of things a lot of you have been asking about is what happened to all that ketchup, mustard, and relish? What was that all about? Well, you know, the kids like to do slip and slides with water. Sometimes you have to just kind of change it up a little bit. And so there was a little bit of uh, human hot dog rolling. Kids were wrapped in plastic, and then they got to start rolling through the condiments. Oh, yeah. This was lovely. And I don't know. You know, it's not the easiest thing, I guess, to roll on the ground, but when you are wrapped in saran wrap and trying to roll, I mean, it, it looked a little bit like a, you know, beached whale sometimes. just kind of laying there trying to go, and we're skidding them on through and having a good time. And then, you know, God, in his wonderful sense of humor, decided, even though they go from this to a slip and slide with water to wash off. God said, oh no, I have a better plan. And so as this is all happening, we can see the clouds of death on the horizon. And they're coming and coming and coming. And quite literally, the last kid to go through the relish, boom, the clouds opened, 60 mile an hour winds, rain pelting so hard it felt like hail. And you just saw ketchup and mustard running all over this field. It was fantastic. You couldn't have planned it any better. Speaking of floods, we did work on the ark this week. Um, this is a thing that was built well over 20 years ago. And honestly, when Ben said he'd love to see this thing revived, I thought, yeah, revival, blowtorch. Let's have a big old <laughs> weenie roast. But instead, we got out there, we power washed it. The kids stained it on Thursday morning. And it is just revived and refreshed and ready to go. I mean, they just did tons of projects between... Don was the head of the, the mud movers. I mean, they were just digging out a trench of mud for four days in a row. Lots of hard work. So part of it is hard work. Part of it is fun. And they did a fair share of that. And then part of it is teaching. And uh, these four guys were involved in, in a teach. They walked through a particular passage. And I, I thought it would be good to just ask Brian. You know, they, they talked about the parable, parable of the sower and the seed. And so I'm curious to know, why, why did you go after that particular passage as a teach? Well, as registrations started pouring in, and I'm seeing name after name that I don't know, that I'm so glad now I do, um, I was becoming overwhelmed with what direction do we go? Because, again, I don't know backgrounds of who's coming. I don't know, like, how, how, do, we, how do we fill these messages with stuff that these kids are going to walk away with and, and have it stick? So there was one afternoon where... Uh, Bob, John, and I actually went to the place where all wisdom begins. 
Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> 60 cent wing Thursday, and we, uh, we sat down and, well, we had the onion rings, we, we had all kinds of wings, and uh, within the, so we, we're sitting there for about an hour and a half, and it was in the last two minutes that John goes, you know, I have an idea. How about the parable of the seed? Uh, and Bob and I, you know, because we'd been throwing out ideas, I had all this stuff written down, a little meticulously written plan, and we both go, Yep, <laughs> that's it. That's the one. Uh, and it was part, in part thanks to the explanation that he gave. So, John, if you would, take it away. Sure. So, uh, as we read this parable, I'm going to read it for you. It comes from Matthew uh, chapter 13. Um, probably familiar. You've probably heard it before. Uh, but listen with fresh ears today. This is what Jesus said to his followers. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath. And the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And and the cool thing about this parable, uh, and I told the kids this, uh, sometimes in school, at least when I was going to school, we had these books, uh, math books. We didn't have computers back when I went to school. And so at at the back of the book were the answers to the odd questions. And so those of us who knew that went to the back of the book and figured out what the answers were before we started plugging away on the problems. This parable is one of the ones where the answer is in the back of the book because Jesus kind of, uh, every now and again when he tells a parable, he just drops the mic and walks off stage and (laughs) lets people think about it for a, a while. This is one of the ones where he says, look, this is what this means. And, uh, what, what I love about that is it kind of helps us then start to answer the question, what are these different types of soil for you if you're 12 or 13 mm-hmm. or 14 or mm-hmm. 15? Mm-hmm. And that was really our challenge was to try mm-hmm. and figure that out. Mm-hmm. But as I read the parable, uh, we call it the parable of the soil or whatever. The thing that really grabbed me was that uh, it's not about the soil. This parable is not about, I mean, it's about, it has four different types of soil, but it's about the seed. It's about the seed. Without the seed, the soil is just dirt. There's no life in the soil. The life is in the seed. And so one thing that we really wanted to make sure that our students knew as they were walking away from Green Lake is, what is the seed? What is it? If you don't know what it is, you can't, it doesn't matter what type of soil you put it in. So uh, the guys were gracious enough to uh, uh, indulge me. I kind of put together a paragraph that describes this is the seed. And we all led off our teach with this. This is essentially what, uh, what we said. It says, listen, every single person in the world has done things that offend the Almighty God. This means that we all stand as convicted criminals before God with no hope of escaping his judgment. However, God loved people so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, into the world to be punished in our place 
Anyone who admits their sins to God, asks for forgiveness, and believes in Jesus as God's Son, receives forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. This is the seed. And, and we talked about it and heard it over and over again. And from our, my part of the teach, after we kind of hammered that home, we talked about the seed that fell along the footpath and how if you're not careful with that, that precious life-giving seed, it can be taken away. Hmm. Uh, Jesus explains that those who don't understand it, um, it, it can be taken away from them. And so we spent our time talking about how could we not understand something so simple? And I think the, the main thing was because we don't take it seriously hmm. or because we don't invest the time or our energy in planting that seed in good soil. Mm. That's the seed that falls on the mm. footpath. Then my teach was about the seed that is planted in shallow soil. And for my, for my teach, uh, I decided to take a little different perspective. I decided to look at it from the farmer's point of view. Uh, mm. I told the kids that when I was in college, I lived in a place called Farmhouse. Lived with a bunch of country bumpkins, uh, and some of whom have become my best friends. And if they're listening to this podcast, they're going to murder me for, for saying that. <laughs> but they, uh, they had debates constantly about which type of machinery was better, John Deere or Case IH, all right? If it's red, leave it in the shed. If it's green, it's mean. You know, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, there were literally, there, were, there was emotion tied up in their debate. Uh, and there were sometimes literal fights about, uh, about these things. So I, I decided to look and say, all right, so we, we have the seed, right? And we know that the seed has life. Uh, you are the farmer, and it's up to you to go find the good soil. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter what kind of equipment you use. It doesn't matter how good the seed is. And I have a lot of friends who are seed salesmen. They'll tell you, it doesn't matter how good the seed is. If you're not planting it in good soil and brought it back to our own lawn out here, uh, although we run day camp and do all kinds of fun stuff out there, it's terrible soil uh, here in the, in the heartland of Illinois. You know, we, we have great soil all around us, but out there it, it's rocky and it's messy. And I mean, you're, you're not going to be able to do very much farming out on our property right now. Um, we need to be vigilant in finding our, our, our good soil. You need to scrape back the dirt a little bit. And instead of just looking and seeing brown, uh, dirt, good, here, we need to make sure that we're finding soil that will allow that seed's roots to grow down deep. Because if we don't, the Bible tells us that that seed, it'll grow quickly because the roots have grown as far as they can. But then the roots aren't deep enough to get water. They aren't deep enough to, to hang on to life. Mm. So it withers and dies. Mm. And that's where I pass it off to Bob. All right, so I had the thorny soil that grows up and chokes out the seed, right? Which um, kind of speaks to us as Americans. You see, we're compared to like two thirds of the world, we're really rich. Okay, so we're the rich, we're the rich man, right? And and being that, we don't have to worry about our basic necessities. You know, I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from. You know, food, clothing, shelter, safety. Those main necessities really aren't but a second thought to us, really. So that allows us to plant that seed in some good soil. However, there's a bunch of space around our seed now that, you know, we, we cram our schedules 
we fill our schedules up with, you know, I, I hate to say it, but meaningless stuff, really, you know, and, and, and that, that busyness starts to choke us out. You know, we, we start doing things on Sunday because, oh, my schedule's so busy, and, well, Jesus loves me, and I love Jesus, so we're good, right? Hmm. And, you know, the truth is we need the reset every week. You know, it's important to be in church. Hmm. You know, it's important to come to youth group as that reminder of, you know, God's love and, and that, you know, we, we because we have so many luxuries, we get this false sense of security, this false sense of, I don't need God. I take care of myself. Mm. I take care of everything. I, mm. I worked and I have food and I have shelter. And mm-hmm. what do I need God for? And that's that, mm-hmm. that falseness that creeps in. Mm. So the thing I wanted the kids to take away from that was, you know, let's do a heart check, guys. What's going on in your week? What are things we can kind of turn back and, and, and you know, show up on Sunday? You know, what, you know, heart check. When's the last time you've been to church? You know, mm. what, what's squeezing us out? What's choking us out? Mm. Very good. Very good. So I got the last teach, and that, after going through a few, week, or a few days of, of how this seed's not going to grow, I got to, I get to talk about the good soil, the fertile soil. And what I did is I tried to, to compare it to a relationship. And looking at that relationship of, of the seed, which is God's message, in our hearts. And are we cultivating our hearts, getting it ready for that seed? And uh, the one thing that, um, and I'll do, it, I'll do it again now, is that I came up with an example. And we really want to be, we want to see those roots grow deep. So what we're going to do is we're going to have the kids know, um, how about, JC, you want to start one? Nikel, you start one. You want to start one? Avery, you start one. Naya, start one. Over here, in front row, you're going to start one. And we'll have, Nate, you want to start one? All right, so this is what we're going to do. Now, you don't know what the one is, but what you're going to do is you're going to turn around to the person behind you, somebody in that row, and you're going to grab a hand, and it's going to keep going all the way back to the row, back to, back to the very end of the room. Dana. <laughs> this is great, right? She got twisted. So I said this in the first service. It's, it's introverts unite. Here we go. <laughs> we're, we're, we're pulling this out. That's right. So what, what you can see here is... is is when we cultivate our hearts, right? And we get it ready for, for God's message. All of a sudden, our roots grow deep. Mm. And I wanted the kids to see that because I wanted them to see that, you know what? Wait, look, there's somebody else there that I know that's doing the same thing. Mm. And they're connected to me. Mm. And there's another person and another person. And, and we did this. We did this thing. Go ahead. Where if I just had Rachel stand up right here and, and I did this. And I, I pull her right out of the ground. Pull that mm. root. Mm. But if now, if we go through, Rachel, why don't you help, help out? If we start pulling on arms now, besides pulling arms out of sockets, <laughs> those roots aren't coming. They're not coming loose. They're, they're deep. They're, they're deep roots. And if, mm. we, if we really keep ourselves understanding the word, accepting the word, mm. persevering through all of the issues that we talked about, our roots are going to grow deep. And these kids need to know that. Mm. It was really great teaching. You can let go of your hands, by the way. <laughs> it, was, it was really great teaching. And, and the, the fact is, a lot of times we were sitting there, we had done a long day of hard work and hard play, and uh, you get a little tired. You might even get a little drifty. And at the same time, I'm just amazed at how 
even when that's going on, there will be a word, there will be a sentence, there will be something of a message that will come through, and, and boom, the, the soul is really caught by that. So Jesus ends that par- parable by saying, he who has ears, let him hear. So humor me for a moment. Take both of these. You've already used them a couple times today. And touch these, okay? You got to. He, she, who has ears, let them hear. Hear. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The church is saying, you have life. You have a seed. You have that seed. Where are you going to plant it? Where are you going to plant your seed in order that the roots can grow deeply? Now, one of the things the kids didn't realize throughout the week is that um, we were giving them examples of that soil all week long. So some of the kids uh, were dealing with rocky ground. Don and his crew, there was, there was this trench along a ditch built 110 years ago along the side of a road that had been filled with dirt and rock, and the water can't drain into it anymore. And they, for four days, shovels, scoop onto a truck, take it away. I don't know, you probably did, how many feet do you think you did ultimately? A couple hundred feet of just, this was four days of scooping up soil that cannot support a plant. There's just no way it can support a plant. Uh, A bunch of the kids got well acquainted with something called buckthorn. I don't know if you know what buckthorn is. You're driving through Wisconsin. The trees look beautiful, and then there's this undergrowth. It looks pretty. Well, if you get up close to it, it's buckthorn. It it came to us from the other side of the pond. It should have stayed over there, just like those stupid birds that, you know, invade. Anyway, um, buckthorn, I don't know what the buck part's all about, but I know what the thorn part is all about. It hurts. This stuff, you know, you're taking it out and it hurts. And buckthorn's got an interesting uh, property to it. It's got some poison. Don't worry, your kids are okay. But, but the ground isn't. Buckthorn is able to poison the ground around it to kill what's around it so it can overtake the, the property that was around it. These kids got to see the thorny soil and what happens. And they got to see good soil. There were some kids that that went out into whether it was the rose garden or just all the gardens around there and planted plants, hundreds of plants, in really good, fertile, rich soil. And time and time again, even the, the practical work that we were doing was reinforcing the lesson of the day. And so I, I ask you again, where are you planting your seed? Where are you putting your life? Are you putting it in the right soil? Or is it in a soil that's being choked out? Is it in a soil that's, that's too shallow to support and to grow? You need friends, you need relationships, you need experiences like this in order to see really great spiritual growth take place. So uh, you had some people you wanted to say thank you to. Yeah, and get ready because there's a list, all right? <clears throat> and I'm going to leave some people out because my brain is still not fully back. Uh, but before we even left for the trip, we had so many people who didn't come with us that helped us in a major way. Again, dealing with the amount of people that we did, uh, my heart was pumping a little extra quickly. Uh, and so all the people who donated ketchup and mustard and relish, uh, I know Debbie Steele gave us all the relish. I mean, uh, Beth Thilo gave us a bunch. I don't even know where some of it came from. I know Don brought some up in his van. I don't know who brought it. Thank you. Uh, because, again, just those little things along the way helped ease my, my worries. Obviously, uh, we said it last week, Jim Hegland pumped these shirts out. Uh, I gave him the design like two weeks before we left. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll have it to you next week. And he sure did. Um, and I'm telling you, it's, that's a ministry in and of itself. So thank you for that. All the families who sent new sixth graders off with us for the first time, you know, if this was their first camp. They're so you. little. Yeah. 
<laughs> and when they, when they fall asleep during games, they're so cute. <laughs> but thank you for trusting us with them. Uh, for those of you who were left com- completely alone or almost completely alone, Greg Gearman, Rick Kruger, Tristy Carlson, you were almost <laughs> completely alone. Uh, for sending your entire family with us uh, means a lot. Um, for, again, just to have all of them with us. Obviously, all of our adult leaders who lost an incredible amount of sleep. Uh, I don't think anybody lost as much sleep as me. I'm not trying to brag, but I, I looked at my watch and my, my stats. It tracks my sleep. La- the last seven days, I averaged three hours and 51 minutes of sleep. So it was, there was a lot of coffee and a lot of monster on the way home yesterday. Uh, but again, they're, they're you know, giving up their time un- until the wee morning hours to, to make sure that everything was ready and rolling with the punches as the schedule changed and, you know, making sure that those scared by storms were comforted. And, I mean, Dora and Sherry, you know, taking over, helping there, um, all the guys, uh, Rod coming with us for the first time, can't thank them enough. For our teachers who did just such an excellent job of, again, explaining the seed, planting those seeds. And then we have, we have some student leaders who have done, who did just everything we could have asked for and more. Uh, we have Blake Herzberger, who is my grunt laborer and who was doing his summer college homework along the way. Uh, we have Rachel Herzberger, who, again, isn't in the best health, <laughs> but she fought through the entire week. Um, Morgan, Grace Thilo, Vivian, Elam, my brother Nate. Uh, we, just, we had a crew of, of students and col- you know, college-age kids who came along and they slept with the students in the smelly, stinky, rotten cabins so that the adults could take the air-conditioned hotel rooms. Uh, so again, we can't thank them enough for that. because It really did smell. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> I had to go, one kid couldn't find horrible. his wallet one day, and this is like three days, and it rained every day. It rained hard every day. So it rains, you're soaked, what do you do as a 6th, 7th grader? Well, you take your clothes off, put them in a pile, go grab new ones, and those piles just continued to fester. And then there was ketchup mustard relish day, and that happened. I mean, if we could bottle that smell. Oh, what a memory. Anyway, go ahead. All those, all those student leaders who did just an incredible job. And again, they, they came up with us at the end of the night. We have a leader meeting every night that started at 1130 and usually ended around 1, uh, if your name ended in Beaker, Coin, or Pap, sometimes Yoast. Uh, it went until 2, 2.33. Uh, and then we had a crew that was out until 4.30 the last night. So, I mean, just uh, can't thank them enough for coming. And, again, they give us valuable insight into how we can make the next day work even better. Um, with the worship team that had to, again, roll with the punches as weather changed all of their plans. They're not playing on their normal instruments and dealing with different challenges with music. Uh, can't thank them enough. And finally, I, there, there are a couple students. There's actually three students that I need to thank um, specifically. And it's because two of them are graduating seniors who are going off to college, different places, and they had no reason to do what they did. Um, Adam Scharf and Gwen Barnes, both uh, have been students with us, with our program for a while, uh, but they, every time you turned around, they were sitting with, walking with, pu- putting themselves on teams with the, the little ones. We had a, a point competition going the whole week that were, at the end of the week, they won some pretty cool prizes. So it would have been very easy for someone, for two people as competitive 
as Adam and Gwen are to say, nope, I am stacking a squad. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm creating a super team, and I'm going to win. I'm going to win that, that thing. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't. Literally every meal, they're sitting with, with junior hires, and the value of that investment, I mean, it's just it's incredible to watch as our students take it upon themselves without being asked, without any reward other than them seeing the smile on the faces of the junior hires as they come running up to them saying, hey, let's go do this, and they willingly say yes. So those two, um, again, above and beyond. And finally, I forgot to mention him in the first service, but Caden Ritchie. We, we get to the end of the week, and um, the Richies are a pretty athletic bunch, so they, had, they all had very high point totals. Caden had actually tied for second, so our first prize went, and our second prize was actually a Kindle Fire HD, uh, which, again, pretty cool prize, right? Before, so we had this tie between Caden and another, a junior high girl, uh, and Caden, when they came up, we were going to play rock, paper, scissors to see who won. Before we started playing, he goes, Brian, hey. Can I just can I just give that to her? Can I? So I mean, it literally, it, nobody knows. You know, he's he's not. He, it's a pretty cool prize. He, he wanted it, right? But he said, no, no, no. I I want I want to give this to her because um, I it's going to mean more to her than it will to me. So we played rock paper scissors anyway, and he knew what she he, like. He was watching what she was throwing, and he, he <laughs> threw it. All right, uh, or he's just bad at rock paper scissors. But either way, <laughs> either way, he was willing. He was willing after all this work he had put in to to earn points, uh, willing to give up his prize. And again, all the all the students that we know were only going to be there for this week. Uh, the students that we know probably won't come back. Mm. Those little things, mm. um, I. I hope and I pray that, that they saw that, that they watched all of our students take it upon themselves to do these just mm. incredible things. So, mm. again, everyone from the top of the list on down to the bottom who had any hand in this trip at all, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk to God with me. Father, this past week, in so many ways, through the spoken word, through activity, through fun, and through hard work, seeds were sown in our hearts, opportunities to connect with you in a way that we would not have in another environment. I thank you for the connections that were made, and now, God, I pray that those seeds would find fertile, rich, beautiful black dirt, and they grow, and those roots would go deep, and we'd see uh, results that truly last for eternity, as you say in the parable, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold, that over and over again, what has been done uh, will reap eternal results. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're going to turn, go ahead, guys. We're going to turn our attention now to, um, to a Father's Day celebration. Uh, we, we have been given earthly fathers in order to give us a glimmer, a glimpse, a picture of a father in heaven who loves us just absolutely uh, wildly. And so we're going to take some time to, to watch a video that reminds us of the, the loving arms of a father and what that's supposed to speak to us about God. Brian's going to come in and read us some scripture passages, and we're going to spend some time just, just praying to our father together. And then, wow, what a treat. Chris Tomlin recorded a song just for us, and we are going to sing along with that as we partake in communion. So watch the video.
spent about 10 minutes saying we had a lot of people involved in this trip, a lot of whom are fathers or became father figures this week um, and invested in our kids in a variety of ways, so many different ways. Uh, and they did that because they know that they have a father in heaven who loves them and they care enough about their relationship with God that they wanted to share it with our students this week. And it came through in some brilliant ways. Um, so again, I'm going to read some, some verses along with some commentary, and then we're going to spend some time praying uh, together before we move to communion, which is at four different spots in the room. Consider these Bible facts. Jesus traveled and taught for three years. There are about 110 pages in the Bible dedicated to his ministry and his message. We have approximately 25,000 words that Jesus spoke recorded in the Bible. Of those 25,000 words, Jesus taught about the Father in heaven at least 181 times. This means that one out of every 140 words, Jesus was speaking about his Father. His central message and purpose was to restore us to a relationship with our dad in heaven. The following is a compilation of my 10 favorite verses about our Father in heaven. All but two of them are spoken by Jesus himself. May you experience his love as you hear about the truth about your Abba. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, Your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great, and your sons, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him... We cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And what is the message all of these verses are hammering into our hearts? You have a daddy who loves you. 
He is strong enough to protect you. He is engaged enough to teach you. He is tender enough to hug you. He is alive enough to play with you. And no matter how far you have wandered, you can still come home. Regarding the prodigal son, Jesus tells us, when the prodigal came to his senses, he said, I will set out and go back to my father. If you would, stand with me. We're going to pray together. And then, words are on the screen. And then just stand in a moment of silence before a video begins playing and we move to communion. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. getting in the car, opening the sunroof, rolling down the windows, bombing down McKimley Woods Road, playing that song as loud as the old Santa will allow. The, the speakers are getting a little creaky and, you know, just outstretching my arms. I found that if you ride the bell of the road, you can do this. <laughs> and you just drive along and you sing to your Heavenly Father. It is the best. It is the best. He is a good, good Father and we are incredibly blessed to know today that he is looking down and he is smiling. He's just smiling at his kids. He is so in love with you. The few things that are going on right now, our, our youth team is going to come back up and lead us in some songs as we leave, and our servers are getting ready to come and collect the offering right now. And as they do, we have a few things. So Brian has a couple student things. Go. Yeah. So if you came ready for a Green Lake recap video this morning... You're going to have to come next week. We were having videos and pictures rolling in at like 11, 11.30 last night, so we want to make sure it's as good as possible. We'll, we'll blast it out next Sunday, so be here again next week. Uh, beyond that, we want to make sure that all students and parents of students make sh- uh, that you get a summer schedule. So if you have a junior hire or a soon-to-be junior hire, you can go out to the Welcome Center today and grab a refuge summer schedule. This is the schedule for all of our Wednesdays. We plan on throwing in a few more events, like uh, maybe a bowling night or something like that on a non-Wednesday, but this is the schedule for all of our normal Wednesdays. Same thing goes for Revive. Our high schoolers uh, and those leaving for college, we have our, our hard-set Sunday schedule. We're probably going to go to Six Flags, do some other you know, random non-Sunday stuff. But we want to make sure that you have the full summer Sunday schedule. So please grab one of these on your way out. Finally, 
with high schoolers, we have one more camp to go to, and this one's really cool because we go with other youth groups in the area. So we go um, with Manuka Bible, with Grace, uh, and a church actually in Lake Geneva this year. So it's called Omega. It's a trip that we took a hiatus from last year, and we're going back. It's at um, Expeditions Unlimited in Baraboo, Wisconsin, and it's just a really, really cool time to get together with students who you're going to cross paths with in school. As you're walking down the hallway, you can see and, and look and see, hey, yeah, I, I know that person at least has uh, an interest in this whole God thing, and we can do this thing together. So it's going to be a really cool year, doing it very differently than in years past, so make sure you, you grab all the flyers out there. They are all on the Welcome Center today. So just when you thought you could go home this afternoon and take a nap and get rest, you can take a four-minute nap, and then you have to wake up because now it's time for camp. We're ready to go. If you grab one of these today, you need one on the way out. Don't miss it. Everything down the center column talks about camp coming up, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. So first thing you got to know, registration closes tonight, midnight, eh, over, pumpkins, the whole works, okay? So you want to get your kid registered. And like we said last week, you got grandkids, you got nieces and nephews, have them come stay with you for the week and have them come to camp. Go ahead and beat the bushes. Let's get this place packed. We've got a great opportunity to reach some kids and, and continue to plant great seeds in their hearts. Uh, there's an opportunity to get together to pray for camp. That's the watering of the seed. We need that seed well watered with prayer. Speaking of water, you can donate water. We need bottled water for the kids. Between 9 and noon, the office is open. You come ring the bell. You can deliver your water. You can bring it next week. But, but we need lots of water for the kids. And then beyond that, it talks about a staff training time. There are also some work times. They, uh, kids prove they can work. They got that from somewhere. It must be their moms and dads. So it's your turn, and the kids can join in too. You have one tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow from 1 to 5 p.m. here. Uh, we are looking for any and all hands. That's students, parents, anybody. If you have any time between 1 and 5 p.m. tomorrow, we would love to have you come out uh, and be a part of a team that's going to be setting some stuff up, getting ready for the, the camp week to come. We will have pizza at the end of the night. So even if you can only show up between maybe like 3 and 5. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. sure, yeah. Uh, we, we can use all the help that we can get because, um, again, we have a small team together right now, but we would love... The work can get done faster and we can order the pizza sooner uh, the more hands that we have. So if you can, uh, you can either talk to me or Sherry Gearman, uh, who's going to be running that crew about that, uh, that opportunity. And then there's some things that can't be done until the tent is up. So late in the week, Friday and Saturday, we'll be mailing, emailing you and Facebooking about other opportunities to come out and help us to do setup. Going to be a great, great, great week, and we look forward to the energy you're going to bring to it in order to serve families uh, for our Lord. So hold this. One of the things that's really cool about this morning, it's Father's Day, and I know there are at least one, two, three, four, five, six dads in the room who have kind of got their eyes focused in one particular direction on stage this morning. Every, every time my daughter gets the chance to sing, I got to be honest, you know, I kind of peek at the others, but I kind of zero in on her because there's nothing like watching your own kid love God. There's just nothing like it in all the world. And I know today that Rod is looking at his kid and loving watching his daughter love God. And John's doing the same with this guy. And Jason's sitting going, he plays football, he drums, he plays guitar. What else does he do? He's a crazy man. And he's loving that. And Kelly's looking at this girl and saying, what a fantastic guitar player. And then there's Vivian, who does practically everything. She can run a marathon, and she can play a keyboard. And Jim is looking at you with great pride. 
pride today, and that's a great kind of pride. A great kind of pride that's able to say, look at my kid, love God. And God is looking at you the same way today. As we sing together, as we work together, all we do. So enjoy the adoring smile of your Father as we sing these songs and leave. So stand up, let's sing. Imagine God the Father, gleaming smile across his face. He's sitting there and he bumps Peter. Boom. Gives him the elbow. He says, hey, check out Shanahan. Those are my kids. Those are my kids and I love them. Bring a smile to God's face all week long. We'll see you. Have a great week. It breaks.